Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David, and this week we are talking about spellcasting. We are talking about the doing of magic. Um, Disclaimer, before we get into it, like with anything else I've ever discussed on this podcast, the views that I am expressing are only my own. They are not reflective of any group or coven or tradition or religion or any of that. These are just my own opinions um, based on conclusions I've come to through research and through personal experience. So, of course, if this does not line up perfectly with how you practice or what you were taught, that's totally fine. And now that that's out of the way, let's get into it. So a spell, essentially, in my opinion, is the projection of magical energy to achieve a desired result. Um, And this lines up really nicely with Aleister Crowley's definition of magic, which I also agree with. And that is that magic is the science and the art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. So if that is what magic is, and a spell is essentially just participating in that magic. So in my opinion, A spell has three main components. That is going to be your intention, your energy, and your will. So intention, energy, and will are the three main components of a spell. Let's break that down a little more specifically now. So intention is what it sounds like. It is your intent. It is your goal. It is the thing that you want to happen. It is saying, like when you're thinking of a spell and whatever thing you want to do the spell for, that's your intent. If you want to spell for money or for a car or a new job or to meet, you know, a partner, that is your intent. It's the thing that you want to happen. Energy is the thing that you are putting into the spell to give it power. So that could be a lot of stuff. That could be imbuing it with good thoughts. Um, That could be praying over it, that could be enchanting it somehow, that could be the use of material objects or other ingredients like maybe herbs, um, bodily fluids, depending on how you do things, this could be maybe like animal bones, that kind of stuff. Like, um, for example, in more fictional portrayals of witches, when they're like throwing stuff into a cauldron or they're chanting something or reciting the incantation, obviously in fiction it's dramatized and exaggerated, but like those components are the energy portion of the spell. Um, And then finally, the will is your desire to make the spell succeed. It is your will that is bringing reality into conformity with what you want. It is your force of will and your desire that is creating the magic and setting it into motion. Um, So to symbolize the will, that could just be you believing that your spell worked. Um, You've probably heard a lot on magical spaces online that you have to believe that your magic will work where it won't. And I agree with that. If you don't believe your spell will work, then it won't work. Of course, there are many other reasons why a spell maybe won't be successful. And we'll talk about those a little bit later on. But belief that your spell will succeed. Um, For those of us that believe in deities, this could be thankfulness to your gods for assisting you in the magical working. And it could just be a quiet contentedness with the universe that you have have faith that you will achieve your goal. Any or all of those things could be your will. Um, 
and within the stream of Western esotericism, there's kind of this belief in will with a capital W and like the, the purpose of your soul. And some people think that a magical working has to be in line with your soul's purpose for it to work. But that's a completely different conversation. But just know that in some cases, that is what people are referring to as will. But for the purposes of this episode and this podcast, I will just be defining will as your desire for the success for your purpose. Okay, so we have now discussed the three components of a spell, which are intent, energy, and will. So let's break down some examples of what that could actually be specifically for a spell. Because It's easy to kind of talk about these in a really broad, generic way, but sometimes you're actually trying to craft a spell to do for yourself, but those definitions are not particularly helpful. So let's do a pretty simple example and we'll break down the components of the spell. So for those of you that have been messaging me, wondering how to do spells, congratulations, the wait is over <laughs> because we are about to learn how to do that together. So we're going to be learning a pretty simple spell that involves, um, I would call it protective magic. This is a return to sender spell. And basically return to sender um, is just a spell that is going to repel an energy that is sent towards you and just going to reverse it back to the person that sent it to you. So this is kind of the magical equivalent of the reverse card in Uno, right? So we're going to use salt, a black candle. If you don't have a black candle, that's fine, but preferably a black candle. White is also fine. And it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. This can literally just be salt from your kitchen. It can be a tea light candle. It doesn't have to be like a huge witchy pillar candle. If it is, that's cool. It doesn't have to be. We're also going to use clove, the herb clove. And again, it doesn't have to be fancy. It can be from your kitchen. And we're going to have some pepper, just some regular black pepper from your kitchen. So the intent, right, is that the energy sent to us will be returned to its source. And this does not even have to be on the baneful side of magic. This can literally just be anything. It doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, someone did a, a hex on me. Like you can use it for that, but it can also just be, hey, you know, I had a stressful day at work or at school and I'm kind of in a bad mood and you want to send that stressful energy back to the people that put it on you. That's, it's good for that too. And this is also just a good protection spell to do in general. Nothing has to be wrong really for you to do this. Okay, so your intent is to return the energy to its sender, okay? The energy that we're putting into the spell is going to be the salts, the candle, the clove, and the pepper. Um, and this is where energy can be broken down to a lot of stuff because the specific ingredients that you're using in the spell have qualities that they embody specifically and that's going to affect the energy of the spell. There are reasons that certain spells call for certain ingredients. Sometimes all the energy that you need is just yourself. Um, sometimes your intent and your will is the only energy that your spell needs. Like, um, and we can talk about this later, there's a really simple perspective, uh, protection spell, excuse me, a very simple protection spell that all that is required is incantation and your focus, and that's a simple spell. But for this spell, 
it's the salt, right? Because the salt is symbolizing the earth. Salt has protective qualities. So it is grounding us in the earth. It's grounding us in our present reality. And it is separating from us what is not meant for us because salt is also cleansing. So we are grounded in the earth and we are cleansed from things that no longer serve our higher purpose. The candle um, separating a light, right? It represents a light in the dark. So the light is sending away the darkness. It doesn't belong to us. Um, specifically, if the candle is black, black, right, absorbs energy. The color black just does that scientifically. So this is symbolizing the black candle absorbing the negative energy and it's taking that energy on rather than it hitting the target, which is you in this instance, right? Clove, really any spice will do, but clove in particular um, is adding some heat. It's symbolizing heat, it's symbolizing fire. Fire is cleansing as well, but it's also the fire that we are sending back to the source of this negativity. And pepper is the same thing, it's a spice. It adds a, a heat, it adds a flavor to food. So in this instance, pepper is symbolizing that negativity returning to its origin. So we're going to get a bowl. It doesn't really matter how big, just as long as your candle will fit in it. Get a regular bowl, make sure it's clean, cleanse it. Um, and when I say cleanse, I literally mean just wash the bowl with water and soap, make sure it's physically clean. Um, if you would like to you know, energetically cleanse it, you can. I would like to do it at the same time. So I'm gonna visualize a white light surrounding my bowl as I'm just washing it. That way it's being cleaned in the mundane sense and it is being energetically cleansed at the same time. After that, we're gonna let it dry. And after it's dry, we're going to set our candle in the very center of the bowl. We're going to get our salt, our clove, and our pepper. And we're going to get pinches of it in our hand. So if you have a salt shaker or whatever container you have, just get some of it into the palm of your hand. And we're going to sprinkle it around the circle that we formed in the bowl. So you're not putting it on your candle, but you are putting it in your bowl around the candle. And while we're doing that, you're going to visualize a white light forming around you or whatever you want to protect. So yourself, your body, um, your loved ones, your home, your car, whatever you want to do. And when you're visualizing that, as you're sprinkling the salt and the herbs, you're going to envision this white light growing larger and larger and larger. And imagine it's pushing back darkness away from you. Okay. Then after you have a decent amount of the salts and the pepper and the clove around to the candle, you're going to light the candle and you're going, you don't have to say what I'm going to say exactly here, but basically um, you are going to say that you do not want any harm to be done and that your intention is for yourself and your loved ones to be protected from negativity and harm and that the source of those negativities would receive them back. So you're not causing any harm. You're not causing any misfortune. This is not a hex. This is not a curse, not a jinx. You are just protecting yourself and sending the energy to where it is meant to go. So again, say something that is aligned with that purpose. I will give an example of what I would say, but you don't have to say it exactly the way I'm saying it. But I would say, goddess and God, wrap this energy 
and forgiveness, light and love, and send it back to where it is meant to be. And then I would thank the gods and blow out the candle. And the blowing out of the candle is symbolizing the release of that energy back to its source. And then after that, you can do whatever you would like. If you want to keep the herbs, you can put them in a jar or something or a bag, um, airtight bag or something. If you want, you can throw them away, just thank them for their assistance. And that's all you have to do. You're good to go. So now we've talked about kind of briefly what spells are and the main components of a spell. And we've broken down those components and we've seen specifically how they applied to a spell. We've walked through the process of doing that spell. So that basic roadmap, so to speak, of intent, energy, and will, you can apply that to any spell you want to do. And that is the framework that I would encourage you to use for any spell that you want to do. So this is how you can write your own spells. Because you can certainly, you know, find free spells on Google or wherever. Um, and I'm not saying that's wrong. But in my opinion, I think a spell is a lot more meaningful and a lot more effective if it is something that you have written yourself because you're putting your time and energy and focus into it and it's going to resonate more. So this is why it's important to learn correspondences, um, like as far as what is associated with something else magically. So if you know things like, oh, salt is for protection, um, you know that you can have that knowledge that will help you when you're writing your own spell. So let's say for another example, um, you want to do a self-love spell. And I am saying self-love because I'm not encouraging anybody to go do a love spell on some random person, um, especially not if you're new. Don't do that. Um, and I never like to come across like I'm telling people what to do on this podcast, but I am telling you not to do love spells on people, <laughs> especially not if you're new, especially not if you don't have that person's permission because that's going to cause a lot of problems, but that's a different conversation. So we're going to do a self-love spell. So starting from our framework of intent, energy, and will, let's try and think of some things that could help us build that spell. So if you want to feel more attractive to yourself and to others, you want to be confident and content with yourself, you know, physically and emotionally, what are some things that represent that? Okay, well, cinnamon represents sexuality and, you know, um, that kind of erotic energy. Pink and red are colors of love and passion and confidence. Salt is protective. That's always good. You guys know I love protection. And roses symbolize love. And water symbolizes emotions. So if our intent is that we are going to love ourselves, appreciate ourselves, and be confident, and that that is also how others will perceive us, that is our intent energy is going to be the ingredients so the cinnamon the roses and roses you can incorporate that however you want i'm a firm believer that if you're using plant magic any portion of that plant has the energy that you need so rose petals rose hips if you have rose essential oil rose water any of that's fine um i personally have rose petals so i would probably use that because it's what i have available to me for confidence and love and passion, I would get um, some red and pink candles. A lot of times you could find colored uh, pillar candles at the dollar store. That's where I've gotten mine. Right? So let's say 
I'm going to get a cup because cups symbolize emotions as well. I'm going to get the cup. I'm going to get some water in it. And I would thank my gods for helping me and for giving their energy to the work that I'm doing and assisting me. I would then pour the water into the cup and I would put a little salt in there too for protection and cleansing. I would then get some rose petals and put those in there. And then I would stir it all around with a cinnamon stick. And as I'm stirring it, I would just visualize myself being confident, being happy. You could say an affirmation to yourself at this point saying, you know, I'm strong, I'm happy, I'm sexy, I'm confident, I'm beautiful, I'm handsome, whatever word you want to use. And just continue to stir that. And not always, but generally speaking, when you're stirring like this, clockwise is to bring things in that you want and counterclockwise it's to remove things that you don't. So in this case, I'm going to be stirring the glass clockwise to bring in these qualities that I'm looking for. So I'm doing all of that, right? So now we have the intent and we have the energy. So now the will, right? The will is always part of that. For me, the will tends to be pretty much the same for the most part, regardless of what I'm doing. It's going to be the belief that my spell is successful and it's going to be a thankfulness to the gods for assisting me. So I'm going to thank them for their involvement. I'm going to probably leave that cup somewhere for a while to let it take effect. Maybe I'll put it on my dresser around my bed, in my bedroom. Um, if I wanted to take a bath, maybe I would pour it in the bath water, things like that. Um, and I can't believe I have to say this, but I've seen some crazy stuff online, so I am going to say it. Do not drink, eat, consume, ingest anything that you don't know is 100% safe to put in your body. So if you have random like moon-charged rainwater, don't drink it. If it's been like distilled and cleaned and filtered and you feel good about that, sure. But don't just drink straight rainwater or lake water or seawater or whatever. Don't have random crystals and herbs and water, then just drink it. Okay, that's crazy. Um, and if anyone online is telling you to do that stuff, they do not have your best interest in mind. They either don't care and they're exploiting people's ignorance to get views for their content or they're an idiot. And neither of those things are good. You don't want to take that. Kind of advice from someone. Um, th some things like rose water can be safe to drink, um, but I would not recommend doing that unless you have bought it from a place where you know it's safe for human consumption, or if you just are really a badass at making your own rose water and you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that it's safe to drink. Um, do not put things on your skin if you are allergic to them. A lot of herbs. Um, and essential oils are really potent and they can cause bad reactions and irritations and rashes and stuff on your skin. Even like common stuff like cinnamon has a heat factor and it's very common for cinnamon to be an irritant. So just keep all of that in mind too when you're doing spell work um, and when you're looking for ingredients and stuff. It is very, very rare that I put things in or on my body. A lot of the ingredients I use are symbolic of my desired intent. They are not meant to be eaten or drank or rubbed on my skin or anything like that. So that's that's my word of advice, especially if you are new to doing spells. Okay, so a few minutes left. And I'm going to give one more example for a really simple spell. So we've done so far a return to sender spell. That was the one with the salt and the black candle and the clove and the pepper. We've done a self-love spell with a 
glass and some water and some cinnamon and a rose. And now we're gonna do a really simple protection spell. This one is super easy. You can do it all the time. You can do it no matter where you are or what you're doing because it doesn't really require any ingredients. It's just a really simple protective spell and all it requires is your will and your intent. That is all the energy the spell requires. So um, you can either say this out loud if you would like to, or if you are somewhere where you can't say it out loud, or if you would just prefer not to, you're just going to say silently to yourself as well. You're just going to say, I am protected from harm. I am protected from negative energy. I am protected from evil. This is my will, and so it will be. That's all you have to say, or some version of that. Again, this is just my words as an example. It doesn't have to be word for word, the same exact thing as I said. But you're going to say something along those lines of just declaring that you were protected, and you can just visualize a protective shield. A lot of people like to use a white light. It's pretty simple as a visual reminder of that. I like to do that as well, and that's all you have to do. That's a protection spell right there. You can do that at home, at school, at work, in your car, in your room. You can say it out loud. You can say it silently to your head. You can do all of that stuff. So this is my episode on spellcrafting. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, I don't really have any resources to link in the episode's description, except, of course, maybe for the first quote in the beginning by Alistair Crowley, which I will link there. But other than that, that's all I have for you. And again, you can email me at magicandthemoonpodcast at gmail.com. And that's M-A-G-I-C-K and the moon podcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at magic underscore and underscore the underscore moon at Instagram. And again, it's M-A-G-I-C-K. That's all I have for you this week. And I will see you next time.